0: Hello and welcome to the EDH Rec Room, a place for some casual discussions about Commander and the topics of the day. I'm joined as always by my co-hosts. Hi,
1: Matt. So they say that April showers bring Mayflowers and Mayflowers brought over Golos the Tireless Pilgrim. Uh. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm curious what boat Golos is leaving on. Man, all right, very, very
0: relevant dad joke. I see what you did there. That is true. And Dana, how about you?
2: Um, I just had finished up my Thanksgiving themed deck for my family's uh, uh gathering coming up this fall, and now I'm like. Uh, Pilgrim Commander's band, so I'm gonna have to figure out something new this afternoon for that. R-
0: really, kind of feels like a Scott Pilgrim versus the world, right? Today, <laughs> yes. It? Well, Golos Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, my world's on fire. How about yours? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, do you go go smash your mouth? <laughs> we've we've got some um, some announcements that happened today. There were some updates uh, from the rules committee. Um, the Biggest ones to talk about, of course, are the banning of Golos Tireless Pilgrim and the unbanning of the card World of Fire. I fear, figure we'll just like talk about that for a little bit. What are our reactions to this? How are we feeling? What has the community's response been? What do we think this means going forward? Um, so, yeah, let's talk about this. Um,
1: Matt, were you surprised to read this today? Were you like, I mean, really? Where are you at? The most surprising part of the rule announcement was actually they, they got rid of an entire rule. Rule 10. That's the important <laughs> part. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, talk about that nearly enough. Right, I just, mean, you, yeah. The, the whole like getting rid of a rule that was literally a line in the article. But
0: y- yes. And, and to clarify on that one real quick, it was like a redundant rule that didn't really mean anything. It's not like color identity has changed or anything. It's just like it was a redundant piece of rule. So they, they changed it. It's
1: yeah. It, it literally changes nothing for anyone. And most people didn't even know it was an actual rule. Because I still it was don't just know what the rule is. And assumed. It was, yeah, yeah just, just stating like legendary creatures are legends and creatures from back <laughs> right. when, like legends days when it didn't say like creature le- or legendary creature. It was just like summon legend. So, right. yeah, it, it very outdated is completely irrelevant with yeah. today's card. So, yeah. Um But as far as like the actual like things people are talking about with Worldfire and Golos, um, I was not expecting Worldfire to come back at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Worldfire being a nine-mana red sorcery that exiles all permanents, exiles all cards from all hands and graveyards, and then makes each player's life total become one, which is like, eh. it, It kind of like resets everything back to one, and everyone's just literally at square one this card, and that's been banned for a really long time, but they took it off the ban list, which is pretty interesting, and then added Golos to the ban list. Golos, of course, being the ever popular technically five color commander five mana legendary artifact creature scout thing a three five when it enters the battlefield you can search your library for any land put it onto the battlefield tap then shuffle your library and you can pay seven mana including one of each color to exile the top three cards of your deck and play them this turn without paying their mana costs which is pretty crazy to see this this big shift
2: um. Yeah, I, I was surprised as well. More about the Worldfire thing than anything. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of Golos. I, I was not expecting it to get banned, but it also doesn't feel shocking. Like, I, I think it's a, the kind of card that was maybe worthy of a ban, particularly once I've read the Rule Committee's explanations for it. So, I was much more shocked to see Worldfire come back, but I, I, I kind of get to that as well, particularly when compared to Golos. I think it makes for an interesting comparison, um, the two cards in understanding why one is now legal and one isn't. I think.
1: Yeah, it, it, I mean, Golos. If you've played nearly any other format, Golos got banned. If you played uh, Historic, Brawl, Golos, like every format that that Golos has been around in, like he's been banned out of almost. Like maybe Modern, but like he's been such a powerful card that finally, I guess, like Commanders is catching up to speed and in my. Opinion, I'm kind of with Dane here, um, just wasn't terribly interesting to watch play.
2: And I think there's a couple of different axes here for why Golos got banned too, but I guess I, w- I will go back to a previous thing I, I should have expanded on when I said it about comparing it to Worldfire. Um, I don't like Worldfire. Mm. I, I don't think it's a particularly healthy card for the format. I don't think it does good things in games most of the time. But I think the difference is you can't really kid yourself about what Worldfire is doing um, world is a card that kind of says kick target player in the shins. Wow. Like it's clear, it's clear what's happening there. You can't tell yourself I'm doing something that when people react, but well, you can't be like, I, I didn't think they would react that way for the most part. Like it's the kind of card that we have examples of it in the format, whether it's like maybe obliterate or decree of annihilation right. cards that do very similar things. You're either playing those cards and people around you are cool with it. Or you're not playing those cards because people around you aren't cool with it. That's really not going to change, I don't think, with Worldfire very much. Whereas Golos, I think, was a card that allowed people to maybe be unclear about what was happening. Um, Number one, because it's new. Number two, because it's a commander. On the surface, it doesn't look nearly as dramatic as, say, a Worldfire. So you would get people that would run it as their commander in pods where everything was more or less evenly matched, except... That Golos atop the deck made that person's deck so much stronger than everything around it. But maybe that was easy to miss. Like, you didn't realize that was the case. Unlike Worldfire, where it's just clear what it's doing. So, I think that was the that's the difference here. You aren't going to see Worldfire in places where you're not expecting it. And you oftentimes saw Golos in places where
0: maybe it wasn't appropriate. I, I, I also, like... Golos was the number one commander. It had over 7,500 decks to its name, according to Track. And not only was it the number one commander of the past two years, it was also the number two commander of the past month and the number three commander of the past week. Like, this was a popular card, which I want to inject into the conversation that, like, the Rules Committee takes that seriously. This is not done lightly. And I'm not dancing on any graves here. Like, For I, sure. I, honestly, my initial reaction when I read the announcement, I I kind of thought it was like, is this a meme? Like, that's kind of genuine, genuinely like, I, I didn't really, it didn't make sense to me at first. I was like, wait, really? Really? And then I kept reading. And that, that was a very strange experience.
1: I also was surprised that, that Golos bit the bullet. Um, they, I mean, they've let other commanders kind of stick around long enough and Granted, I think the format's kind of adjusted. Like Edgar Markov, a lot of folks wanted that band when it first came out because just the, the speed of the deck. Um, but times have changed. And I think Edgar, like the edge has kind of fallen off a little bit. Uh, Golos, not so much. We're here, what, t- two years after the fact. And Golos is still incredibly popular. And it's just like you if you don't have a specific commander in mind, like you have no reason really not to play Golos. Um and it's just kind of it's it's just a, a safe pick, and I, I I think the it's just kind of the default kind of best thing you can be doing, no matter what specific theme you're building because Golos is so good.
0: Th- this is a really huge point, especially like, I don't know if folks have read it, but I highly, highly, highly recommend going and reading Commander Advisor Group Member Charlotte Sable's article on the Commander's Herald website. Her article is gas because she goes a little bit behind the scenes and discusses how Golos has been in talks by the Rules Committee for like half of a year at this point, because it kind of stopped being that, hey, this is a fun Gates Maze's end deck commander and started to kind of just become the best commander for about any strategy strategy regardless of its theme and if it had just been a powerhouse commander in the top end of the format the way that Kenrith returned king is then that would have been fine but it kind of stopped being that and it seeped into a whole bunch of other places and I also want to share sort of this weird experience that I I specifically remember watching a video by MTG Mudsta, the EDH gameplay channel, where one of the players had a Golos Dragon tribal deck because it was better for them than the Ur Dragon at getting mana for their big dragons and cheating lots of dragons into play. That video like shook me to my core. I remember the comments on that video being like, whoa, that face when Golos is better at Dragon Tribal than the actual Dragon Tribal commanders. It was a very surreal experience. So yeah, I just think it's kind of important to look at the other options in five colors and see exactly how many of them it felt like Golos was usurping or squashing or even approaching the ability to usurp or squash them. Well, go ahead, Dana.
2: Uh, so yeah, I saw that point made a little bit on Twitter. People talking about, well, you know, look how many diverse decks ghosts in the top of. I'm like, eh, don't confuse the fact that it's the top of decks with it being a commander that's interesting and does different things. Um, Like, a rocket launcher can blow up a whole bunch of different things. but That doesn't mean it's a precise <laughs> weapon that can be used for a bunch of different tasks. It just blows everything up, right? right like, right. that's what Golos says. It's the rocket launcher. It's not, it just does that job of exploding things way better than anything
0: else does. Right. That doesn't mean it's an interesting or precise tool. As a commander, it's very versatile, but that doesn't mean that it allows for versatility. Like if Correct. you made a five-color anything, you did have to have an honest conversation with yourself and have a reason not to just choose Golos.
2: And Not, not even five colors. I saw plenty of people using Golos at, you know, even in mono-color decks, I saw it ahead uh, multiple mono-white decks wow. just because... Why not? It gives me free land ramp and why that's better than a lot of
1: white commanders were doing. Well, and and the issue there, like you're talking about just it does things better than you should be able to. Like Sheldon, in his article on on Star City Games, he talks about the issues of Golos being a five color commander, but there's no mana. There's no um, Wooburg to cast it. Like you just get this access, but it's only costing you colorless mana to actually cast. Um, And that just being one of the biggest issues, like that is 100% true because... Yeah, you can play those five color dragons and you just play this colorless commander because even if you're screwed on your your mana, you can just cast Golos and fix your mana and go about your day. If you're playing mono white, you can just play this commander that you shouldn't have had access to really, but you're still playing mono white. Like It's a color break and yet it's not at the same time because Golos is doing this all with just there's no color requirements in the mana cost, which even like Kenrith, the returned king, which is kind of what a lot of people keep saying is going to be the the fallback plan of just being a five color kind of good stuff commander. Mm. That's what people are going to shift to, but th- it still costs white to do something. It still costs each individual color to do XYZ effects on Kenrith. Whereas Golos, like you just k- use the colorless mana and he comes down right away and does his thing.
0: He, and he does his thing and he finds the thing that you'd need to allow him to do the thing as well. Cause you can go to, to do and the next lines. thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. He can go and find any matter of color fixing lands that immediately set you up for it. I think it is kind of, Telling about the direction of Wizards of the Coast's design for five-color commanders that so many people are indeed, well, like, oh, well, now I can just use Ramos or Kenrith, and it doesn't necessarily change the soul of the rest of the 99 all that much. Even if Golos was your commander, I think we can all agree that Wizards of the Coast experimented too far with commanders that have five colors in their text box instead of their mana costs.
1: If, if Ramos Dragon Engine was the most like broken of colorless commanders that were five color in, in this realm, that's a very different story than Golos, I think. Like Ramos there, you have to jump through hoops, whereas Golos jumps through the hoops for you.
2: Although the hoops aren't that large
1: or aren't that small, excuse me, for Ramos either. Like
2: I was telling Joy this before we started recording. Um, there was a guy I used to play with who had a five color and basically ramos good stuff deck that was plenty to frustrating plenty frustrating to play against um because it was very very powerful and it played a lot like golos did where you know he just accumulated so many resources via the mana from ramos that even if you killed the commander you still felt way behind and it was easy for him to then recast it and then he upgraded to golos when golos came out and the deck was just that much stronger but it's not like it wasn't already a really powerful deck when ramos was out um, which should just go you sh- to show you how crazy strong Golos was that like Ramos is also really, really good, even though it's not as good as Golos.
1: Yeah. And I, I said something along those lines in our Discord too, which you can do at patreon.com slash <laughs> if you guys, oh if folks really want oh to, um, you can join. But – um I made a point like that, Dana, where like something is going to be the best. Like that's just how yeah, for sure that, that's just how the game is. Like something is always going to be, quote unquote, the best at X, Y, Z. Um, but sometimes maybe lowering where that best thing is, is actually a good thing. Like it's a little like the best thing is a little worse, but it's actually better for the format. I think that's what this kind of move is. Golos was too good at being the best thing for any deck. So, lowering that bar a little bit, I think, is what the goal, at least how I'm interpreting Sheldon's article, is they they wanted to lower that bar a little bit. And I think that's a very good goal. And I think, uh, yes, the, like it stings. We're ripping the Band-Aid off now. But like once that sting goes away, I think a lot of folks are going to realize, like, eh, this actually is like a very good thing.
0: I've, I've personally found that my initial reaction to something is rarely the reaction that we record and publish. Like a little bit of distance from it before actually sitting down to record something like this it usually helps me a lot. Cause my initial reaction was kind of a shock and surprise, but I, I don't want to like go onto the microphone and be like, Oh, shock and surprise. Like, cause I just, eh, it doesn't, it doesn't feel accurate to me. Whereas like, e- even now we're kind of getting this episode out quickly so that we can talk about it because we know it's a big deal, but I'm also still like a little bit of zoom out really helped give some perspective here and reading over the stuff, the extra things that Charlotte or that Sheldon have said, I, I was like, Oh, okay. I, I hadn't thought about that, but that does give me a lot more context than I came into this conversation with. And I was very appreciative of that. There's another thing here that I also really want to hammer home here. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm not dancing on this grave because I I, I don't know. There are a lot of people who lost a deck. Like a ban in the command zone feels like a much bigger deal than a ban in the 99. And so, I, you know, this is still a curious ban to me. And I just like, you know, if you had a Golos deck. I'm sorry that that really that probably blows right now, mm-hmm. and I hope that I don't. This, this has been like a very divided reaction online. Like, have you guys noticed this? This feels like to me one of the most divided reactions to a band we've ever seen. I, I have seen a lot of division, but I, it tends to fall into two
2: camps. And there's a lot of people that are upset that they lost their you know interesting weird mazes end deck or their velikud deck or, or whatever kind of oddball thing they were doing, and that's unfortunate. But I think there's also a lot of people that are kind of upset that this commander that is very, very powerful and does a lot of powerful things very easily is now gone and they have to find a replacement that might not do all of those things quite as powerfully and quite as easily. And I I think there are people that don't like the fact that um, they're not going to excuse the metaphor, but like bull with the bumpers up now.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. I'm not sure if that's the metaphor I would choose necessarily, but like, hmm, at the risk of sounding a little bit like back in my day, which back in my day is not a good argument. So I just want to say the full thing. (laughs) Um, But like, when was the last time that you saw someone using a five color commander deck with like chromat at the helm just to get access to the five colors? Like, that used to be a really huge thing in Commander. I'm not saying I want to return to those days, because, again, I don't think back in my day is a good argument. But I do want to use that as an example because of how big that contrast is to where we are today with effects such as Yolos.
2: I don't think it's a coincidence that six of the seven most popular five-color commanders in EDH rec are ones that don't require five colors to cast them. Right. And the seventh one is Ur-Dragon, who, once you cast him, lets you ca- put a bunch of other stuff into play for free mm. like that i, I think there, there's a reason for that i think people want to play five colors and they want to have to not have to deal with the downside
0: of playing five colors yeah i, I just think it's really important to keep in mind that this is a very the, the reactions have been very divided i've seen mm-hmm. a lot of like people happy about this happy to see the back for sure was, and a lot of people who are like wait what really and I think that is important for us to keep in mind, because if you're feeling one of those ways, like if you think this was a dumb ban, for example, I think the comments are just as valuable a place to look as the like extra thoughts from the people who are writing those articles to give more behind-the-scenes info. Because there are a lot of folks out there who feel relieved, and it's good to remember to listen to them, too. A lot of players immediately will put all of this weight on just the rules committee because the rules committee is the one that officially made the decision, but it's not just the rules committee and it really never has been.
1: I mean, I, I'm even reading Twitter right now and, and Benny Smith, who he also writes articles for Star City Games, um, he had a mono white Golos deck and he's saying he wanted to play cool angels and all that, and just even the activation was in a mono white deck was too powerful because you're just cranking out all these massive angels and like just it wasn't fun to play against and he understood that. And so like even seeing people that play ghost decks that are like, yeah, this is probably the right move, like that that's that's when you know like, okay, let's let's take out these initial reactions, let's let's think about it for a second. And you see people like, okay, this actually like this is gonna be a good thing, even though I'm losing my my XYZ deck. Like that that to me shows that this is probably a good move. So we've talked round
0: and round in circles about Golos, but we haven't really done too much to address Worldfire. So once again, the Worldfire, which exiles all the things, exiles all cards from hands and graveyards. Each player's life total becomes one. This one, I gotta say, was a bigger surprise to me. The unbanning of Worldfire, I think I had a stronger emotional reaction to than the banning of Golos. Maybe that speaks to my investment in, in Golos, but... This is a very shocking thing for me to see because it does feel to me like this is one of those cards that takes whatever the game used to be and invalidates everything that we'd been doing before that point. Whatever the game was, now it's just here's this different thing that it is now. I, I just want to like put that out there where I'm like, hmm, I don't think I like that very much. But that said, when I read over the rest of the announcement, I found that I completely agreed with the statement they made saying, we believe the social contract and robust pregame discussions will keep Worldfire out of games in which it doesn't belong. And I was like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I do agree with that actually. Like, yes, I, I expect to see this card in EDH games exactly as much as I did before, which is zero. So like, I don't like this card very much, but I also think that it will not see play because as a community, we're kind of like, yeah,
1: could we not though? So like, it's, it, it feels like a safe unbanning, but still one that made me go, huh? Eh? I mean, there, there are some folks that kind of make their identity around mass land destruction. And outside of those, those select few, I don't really see a whole lot of mass land destruction. It's not a popular thing at all. And this takes all of that a step further. This this takes mass land destruction. just It's a massive reset button on the game, just full stop. Um the, the comparisons between Sway of the Stars and all that. Yeah, the, there's a lot of overlap between those, but also this just everything that had been happening in the game up until that point where Worldfire resolved um, just is invalidated. And it's not particularly like super fun because like, it, it, yeah, it, it undoes everything that people have been working up up to until that point.
0: Well, and you mentioned Sway of the Stars there and like Sheldon's article is a great place to go look where he goes into more detail about other comparisons to this card and what justifications there are behind that. So like, even if some of these like initial announcements kind of look confusing or it's like, huh, like I, I love how transparent everything has been about the rules committee, because when I do go and read what they're saying, I'm like, hmm, yeah, I hadn't considered that. Or I, I see it and I'm like, oh, you know what? Work. Yes, I, I do agree here. It That resonates with me. So like it, it, it's good to see those because it's not like this is wanton. It's not like they're just doing this because like there's a lot of consideration that goes into it. So with all of this, then I, I really want to ask, would we have made these bans? Is this something that, well, this this ban and this unban, like Dana, if you were the final arbiter on this, heaven forbid, um, but <laughs> you have decided to pull the trigger on this. Do you think or no?
2: I think if somebody had said, Hey, are there any Commanders, you want to ban right now? I don't think I would have volunteered Golos, and I think if somebody else would have volunteered Golos and it came up for a vote, I would have voted in favor of it. If that makes sense, like I don't think I would have put it up for a vote, but I think if it came up for a vote, I'm perfectly fine with that being out.
0: Matt, what do you think?
1: I I think that's how I am. Like I I may have said, "Well, Golos just." It is kind of the, the the bad guy that's been around for a little bit. Um, so I might have considered putting it up there. I would not have suggested unbanning Worldfire. I think that's kind of a... Uh, as Josh Lee Kwai likes to put it, the juice is not worth the squeeze on that one. Sure. Um, it, it's a, a risky card to trust players with. But at the same time, we've also been trusting them with Armageddon and other effects. So maybe it's okay at this point. Um, but we'll I guess we'll see. Yeah, I... I look at
0: these and I think ultimately, no, I, 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 if, if I was the final vote, I don't think I could have gone through with it personally. Like, I don't know. I find Corvold to be a bigger bugaboo commander than Golos, for example, but even as vindictive as I can get about Corvold, I struggle sometimes with whether I would even make an argument to ban that one. You know, like, I I don't know if I would have been able to say, yes, let's do it on Golos or yes, let's undo it on, on the Worldfire. I really don't think I would have made this call. But also, like, even if I'm kind of like at the end of the day, I'm like, hmm, I don't know about this personally. I don't think it's the end of the world fire.
1: <laughs> well played, Jelly. I, I, I bet you're proud of yourself for that one.
0: one. I'm smiling to myself so much, and I'm glad that you can tell Matt. <laughs> I'm trying to make
1: you proud. That's That's
0: fine. <laughs>